Well, amen. I'm going to invite those who are on our panel to come forward, if you would, and uh, welcome this evening. We are going to uh, celebrate 175 years as a church family, and so as we've invited, yeah. I'm excited about that enthusiasm. That's good. Um, history is, is interesting. Uh, Rick, have a seat right here. History is, is really neat. There's obviously a lot of things that have happened over those years, and um, a lot of stories to tell, a lot of good things, a lot of bad things. I mean, that's what history is all about. But as we think about it from the context uh, of a church, really history in general, but for, for, for sure a, a local church, when you think of history, it's the, you know, break the word into two parts, his story. Uh, the history of a local church is the story of the Lord Jesus Christ and him working in power uh, through his people. And I think if we look back through our history, that's exactly what you see happening in his church is that he has worked in power uh, through his people and they've submitted to him and yielded to his word and followed it with their lives. Uh, he's done incredible things. And so we have a great, great history, a great heritage, great legacy as Red Lane Baptist Church right here in this county of Powhatan, which when, you know, we're all Virginians, and so everything in Virginia is old, and we have an old, rich heritage. And old is a good thing, right? It is, it is. It is good. Some people are older than others, but it's still good. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to introduce... I'm glad he looked at you, Rick, when you said old. <laughs> I'm not calling you old, Rick, uh-huh. but if the, if the shoe fits, you might wear it. I, I will wear it. Uh, let me introduce who are on our panel. I'm sure most of you know everyone up here, but if, uh, if you look down here to my right to the end, that's Steve Bradshaw. Steve and his wife Jan have been members for a number of years. I'll let you guys tell kind of your story in just a minute. Next to him is James Ambrose. Uh, James and his wife Christine have been a part of our church for a handful of we- four years or so. And Gloria, and then of course Joe and her uh, have been around for a long, long time. And then Tommy Mann and his wife Kate. Rick Reams is right here, and then Sarah Duffer is uh, next to him, and then Miss Nancy, and of course she's married to, to Dickie, and um, I'm going to let them tell their stories as well. So that's the, really the first question, the kind of way we want to do this, and I want you guys to watch and, and uh, enjoy the, kind of the cross back and forth type of conversation, but um, can't tell all the stories. Yeah, we, we can't be here all night. No, but some of you don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't hear. Uh, so... I may ask a question to a certain person. Feel free to kind of jump in. You want to add to that story, especially Tommy and Nancy and Rick, who've been here obviously the longest and in many ways grew up in this church, if, didn't, if you didn't grow up in this church. And so uh, let's, the first question is this, just kind of what brought you to Red Lane? How long have you been attending? And Tommy, I'm going to start with you, if you would kind of begin that. Well, uh, I started attending this church when I was two weeks old. Mother and dad bought me when I was two weeks old, and I've been here ever since. Uh, <laughs> whether that's good or bad, but uh, here it's, uh, you know, when we think about, I heard people some last week uh, saying, I wonder why people don't come to church anymore. Did they get out of the habit? Well, there's no such thing as a habit to come to church. Either you, uh, you come because you want to uh, worship God and be a part, and that's, and I'm thankful for mom and dad for bringing me here. I didn't know I was here when I was two weeks old, but <laughs> but anyway, going up in the church and uh, and just seeing the, all the people, and I want to say, uh, Steve, you know, when you pointed to these pictures on the bottom of the folder, 
Then our charter members said, Rick and Nancy and myself are in that picture. <laughs> I was sitting nine and 10 years old, and that, but several of us in this congregation did, and several of us were in that picture that you see on your, uh, on your uh, thing. But going up into church and to see the, the different people that have influenced you in life, like Mr. Goodwin, uh, Rick's grandmother, Miss Myra Reams, uh, Ira Carter. If you didn't get to know Ira Carter, you missed a jewel. And uh, I don't know if the family that bought Ira's home had been attending church here the last month or so. I don't know if they're here today or not. But uh, let me relate a story about Ira real quick and then I'll pass it on to someone else. He was our outreach person in the uh, church for years. And uh, come to business meeting, you did not want to be the person that followed Ira's report. You wanted to give your report first. Because if you followed Ira, you felt like a, you wanted to find a hole and jump in. Because Ira, when he gave his report, oh, 35 to 40 visits a month, so many, uh, so many uh, hospital visits, so many cards sent, and so I mean, and this just well, it wasn't for show. That's Ira's heart. So you didn't want to be behind Ira because you said, "Well, I made one visit." <laughs> you feel so bad, but Ira was a—he was just, uh, just a great guy. And one other thing on Ira, one of our sweetheart banquets. We had sweetheart banquets here for about 20 years to honor a couple. And one year, Ira was about five six, five seven, and weighed 85 pounds if he was wet. And he played the part of Muhammad Ali <laughs> in one of our sweetheart banquets. He had uh, black leggings on, uh, boxer shorts with hearts. And uh, oh, he played the part. He just put his heart and soul in everything. He was just a joy to know. And I'm just thankful that I knew him. And I know Gloria knew him and Rick and uh, Nancy, and he was just a wonderful, wonderful person. Nancy, I uh, same question to you, but I, I know you and your brother Ted grew up in the church, so just kind of what brought you to the church, and uh, how long have you been a, a part of Red Lane family? Well, uh, I wasn't quite born in the church like Tommy was, <laughs> but... Uh, it is. Uh, just hold it up close. Okay. Oh, there we go. Um, I came here from Kentucky when I was uh, just about three years old. And uh, I think that uh, we were seven years old. I think we had been to school uh, when uh, Tommy Mann's mom and dad came to visit us and tried to ask us to come to church. And that was why we came. We had no automobile or anything. So the, I think the children, three or four of us did, <laughs> my brother. Uh, we walked from there in Capeway Road up here to church every Sunday. And, and then as we got older, some of the other members, uh, Charlie Mann, uh, you remember, and his wife and different ones took turns coming to our house to bring us to, to Sunday school. So that's, that's how we started. And counting up, I think that I've been here 77 years. <laughs> Awesome. James, um, 
you're not quite that old, <laughs> or young, I mean, but uh, how, what brought you and your wife and your family here, and how long has it been? I think you said four years all ago. Uh, we've been here about four years. Um, I think what really brought us here, we tried pretty much every church in Powhatan at the time. <laughs> we moved back from Virginia Beach to here when um, Christine was pregnant with Rayland, and uh, we had a house here previously, so we moved back into that house. Um, I think when Raylan was born, we actually, I had no time to actually cut grass, so uh, I still don't have time to cut grass, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, so we actually, I think Christine put an ad out on Facebook or something asking for help for someone to cut grass, and uh, Jennifer Moffitt responded, and Ben came by to cut the grass, and uh, she started telling us about Raylan and everything about it, so we decided, well, let's just go back and give it a try. So we. I think we sat in the back. We um, already knew a couple families here, which was really good. Uh, hospitality team was great, uh, made us feel right at home. And then as we were actually leaving one Sunday, we actually had a family come by and say, hey, you remember us from uh, Swift Creek Baptist? We're like, yeah. So they like, hey, you need to come to our small group. So we went to small group. And uh, we've really been here ever since. Um, and really what kind of keeps us here is the great relationships we've already built and established with a lot of friends. Um, uh, you know, preaching the gospel is, is definitely key as well. And, you know, watching Raylan grow up right now in front of our eyes and, you know, him learning what he's learned, I guess, is uh, definitely very important and keeps us here. But, you know, we came here with, like, like I said, we tried pretty much every church here, and this is the church we fell in love with. So. Cool. I did not know that about Ben. So, uh, I mean, you can use every part of your life to uh, be a witness and invite people to church, even using lawn service, lawn care service. So, man, good, good job, Ben Moffitt. And, Moffat family. That's so awesome. Gloria, um, you know, thinking about your history here, you and Joe being here, and you can kind of tell us how long you've been here in just a moment, but a lot of things that have happened during your time here. What's your fondest memory? I think probably the fondest memories, and I was thinking about this this weekend, is, um, I, I don't know, just they were talking about visitation and stuff, and I guess that's what got me to hospitality, to where I am now, because I think visitation was always huge here. Um, I know that it's not the way it is right now. I know we've gotten away from that because nobody wants you to come in their door and you know all that stuff, but that was so huge then. And going out and, and seeing other people, knocking on doors, and I mean, we would, there was times when on Sunday, if you walked into this church, I'd almost beat you to your front door on Sunday morning trying to, to get to see you, take a little loaf of bread and just tell you how much we're glad you were here and stuff. And um, we, we actually had a, a night where we would actually, once a month, come together, have a little bite to eat, and then we would take off in cars, it'd be like 25 of us, and we'd head out, I mean, to places like, and you, you guys have been in Powhatan, some of you live there, you got lost and you never got back, I understand that. but places we'd go way out you know but going around and visiting and just making friends with people and just inviting them I mean that was and I know there's ways we can still do that now but that was just huge and I remember one time we went uh, I had I don't know if Sarah was with me I had two young ladies Becca and another lady and we drove way out like 25 miles to visit somebody we got out there and there was no lights and nothing and I said girls we're just not gonna be able to get out here because you know it's dark and I'm by myself and you girls oh but we gotta visit we came all the way out here we gotta visit so I said all right well, let me see if they'll answer their phone so I called and sure enough they answered and we went on in and visited but 
That was it's that was a good that was good time. That's good. How about you, Rick? Can you think of some maybe key moment or or a season in, in your time that you've been here, which I think is your whole life? But uh, yeah. what's your fondest memories? Fondest memories. Um, fondest memories. Um, it's just being part of the Red Lane family. Um, everybody that's in this church is part of my family. I mean, not only church family, but um, we get along just like family. Yeah. And um, that, that's one of my, my best things that I recall about the church and everything. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I, was, I come to this church when I was young. My dad always made sure that we came almost every Sunday. And then after I graduated high school, I didn't come as often as I did. But I came back after I got married and had kids and everything. So I've been coming here for, for a pretty long time. Um, it's hard to think that my um, great-great-grandfather and my great-grandfather and my grandfather and my dad all buried outside in the graveyard. Wow. That don't mean nothing, but it, it just means that when we find a good church, that's where we're going to stay. Yeah. We're not going nowhere else. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, uh, so, so now my son and his family, my daughter and her family, they are also going here. And that, that, that makes me very happy yeah. when, they, when they come like that. So, so you're, is that four generations that's buried out there currently, or will it's it be a, four with you? Great, great, when great. it's your time, of course. We're not rushing you on that. <laughs> I, I can't take that high. You said great-grandfather, great, and then your grandfather, my great, and then great your dad. My great-grandfather, my grandfather, my dad. That's four. That's, You'd that be four? five. Yeah, you'd be, be four. Five. So, then in Ricky's time, it'll be I'm six. Not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not in any hurry to join them. But I will. <laughs> time I know it's getting, getting pretty tight out there yeah, right now. It's getting tight. <laughs> Sarah, how about you? I know you and your family have been in the church since maybe the 80s, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, the early 90s. Early 90s. I, th I think okay. I thought about it today. Um, since I was five years old, so 1993. So Thank you for making years. all of us feel old up here. <laughs> You're welcome. <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah, we obviously, part of the appeal of this church was the close proximity to home. And um, I had a neighbor that would take me and my friend Jennifer Bailey to Awana's on Sunday nights. And I think John's and dad and mom, you know, talked about this church and we had been visiting several churches I remember and we came here and we've been here ever since. Kind of seems to be a theme when everybody begins to tell your story that the reason you came is because someone invited you, right? I mean it seems like that's pretty much everyone's story here is they've been invited by someone else and I think it's true of what we see in, in those who come to our church today is that they come because someone gave them a personal invitation, stopped by, picked them up or came by and said, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. By the way, do you have a church home? And, and that's how they get connected. That's pretty cool to see that. Yeah, you want to add to that? Because I was going to you next. Okay. Um, well, we've, we've been here for um, 11 years now. And um, I, I will have to say, I don't know that anybody actually invited me to Red Lane, but I knew that Red Lane and Old Powhatan and our, in our area were part of our convention. And so when we relocated uh, Red Lane, um, was one that we came to. And I've got to tell you, we talk about historical folks who did outreach, but sitting on this platform is Tommy Mann, who welcomed us with open arms like the very first Sunday, Gloria likewise, and also um, 
uh, Jewel, uh, for instance. And so I will say, because of their hospitality, it caused us to come back. The glue that kept us, however, and you'll like this, was Sunday school in small groups. Mm -hmm. And uh, because that's where you become family and that's where you share life together. And, and the preaching was okay too, but, um, <laughs> well, you weren't the preacher, I so wasn't I'm, here. No, I'm fine. So, Don't blame uh, it on the pre me. Yeah, 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 it's, it's still okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks for that one. But, um, uh, what was the question? Well, I, I, I haven't asked it yet. Oh, okay, go ahead. What are some things you've seen the Lord do in and through the church in your 11 years here? Okay. Oh, I forgot my uh, favorite time, my, my uh, favorite memory. Um, it's John's Bailey's fish fries. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and maybe Christmas Eve. Christmas special, special services are always good. All right, now back to the question. Yeah, what, have you, <laughs> what are some things you've seen the Lord do through the church, in yeah. the church, uh, during your 11 years? Yeah, well, it, it, let me go back and say, it, it is a Bible-believing and preaching church that stands on the word. So that's first and foremost. But to be a part of this church and to watch in the 11 years that we've been here, the people that have been sent out uh, to be missionaries, career missionaries, or just uh, doing missions in the community, uh, to me that is um, evidence of lives that are transformed. And so it's not about just receiving the word and, and receiving information, but it's about transformation that we see happening in the lives of people. Tommy, would you like to add anything I mean, to that and well, all of your years? Well, I, I hope we are. Are we on? Yes, we are. Okay. Uh, I think through the years, of course, uh, to see the church grow in, uh, in missions, that is, uh, you know, being raised an old country boy, an old country church. And <laughs> a lot of you out there know what I'm talking about. You're just as old as I am. Uh, but to see, uh, to reach out and to, uh, I'd never had the opportunity to go to Venezuela or Peru. I know Kay went to Peru and, and Gloria, of course, has been to Venezuela and other places. But, but, to, uh, but to see, to take 150 and 175 people to Norfolk for four summers in a row and to see the Lord work. And, uh, and it wasn't in the best of circumstances. Some of those churches you, uh, that you went to in the areas you went to, you were constantly looking over your shoulder to see if nobody was behind you to get into the church. And sadly, some of those churches that we have uh, worked with are no longer churches because of the areas they were in. But hopefully that what we did those summers have implanted a seed in some of those people and that... Uh, that it is growing in them, but just to see the, the church grow in missions is just, and how many couples have we sent out from our church into Dave and Susan and, and Rick and uh, Eric and Anissa, and, and then there was another couple in somewhere. Allison. Allison is over in Mideast now, but uh, just to see that and uh, to think that we had an impact that turned their hearts to be missionaries. I think that's just a wonderful example of what we've done. Yeah. And Nancy, 
the mission emphasis as far as sending, that started under Pastor Slayton. Is that right? Yes. Uh, when, uh, when Pastor Slayton came, he told us I was on the committee, the pastor search committee, and one thing he asked us was about missions in our church. And at that time, Tommy, we didn't have mission trips or anything. And so uh, Gloria was on, on that same committee. And, uh, but we told him we wanted to, to update our missions. And, and that, I think, is when our church started to flourish. When we had the missions, people became involved. And like Tommy said, we had all those people going out to Norfolk and different places doing Bible schools. And the young people were involved. And, uh, and that, I think, was when our church really began to flourish. That's good. So the church began to grow, and I think under Pastor Slade, maybe he got up to somewhere around like 300 in worship. I guess what I've seen as I've looked back. So that's, that's a pretty big deal because the county is not, this is not a large community, right? I think right now, uh, I saw the latest statistics that we've now exceeded 30,000 in our county. When I came six years ago, it was still 28, low 28,000. And uh, so that's pretty significant to have 300 people in worship uh, on a regular Sunday. And so things have changed in the community, right, Rick? Yes, sir. How have you seen things change here within our community? Not just our church, but like what has changed in Powhatan as far as just the culture, population, whatever comes to my mind, well, comes to your mind. I think back in the um, 60s and stuff, Powhatan was a lot smaller. And people were doing a whole lot more farming than what, they, than what they're doing now, of course. Mm -hmm. But um, the church has always been a strong thing for everybody in my household. You know, we always thought that it was important to come to church. And when I was coming, um, it was important to always wear it and your best clothes, maybe. Mm -hmm. But now I, I think that's changed a little bit. <laughs> I, I see people with flip-flops on, which ain't nothing wrong with that, and shorts <laughs> and stuff like that. But as long as you come to church, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, everybody had a tie on, men had yeah. ties on, the women always had on the dress and everything. <laughs> of course, you know, times change. Uh, Can I borrow your tie tomorrow? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Gloria, you mentioned, uh, kind of same question, but you mentioned that just maybe 10 years ago, the church had a, the, the outreach for the church was going door to door. It was going out, knocking on the door, and that culturally has changed. Mm -hmm. um, we could do that, and we probably could be somewhat successful, but tell us how you've seen maybe the culture of Powhatan change, or just in general, and just some things that you've seen mm -hmm. shift. Well, I think we, you know, we started doing, you know, we realized, as Tommy and Rick, you know, we had to go beyond the doors. You know, we've always kind of been a visiting church and going out, but we had to go beyond the doors. As James said, we have to invite people. So, you know, I think for us, we began to, to do some bigger events, which we still do with the Harvest Festival, the Easter event. And I remember one year when we had, when Pastor Slayton had left, and uh, he told us when he came, he said, I'll come be your pastor, but I'm going to Norfolk with the church I'm coming from, and you can go with me if you want. So that was like the beginning of let's go out, let's do this. But we, at that time, we had to, you know, we had to be creative about other ideas and how we were going to do this. So when he left, we thought, okay, what do we do now? You know, do we go back to Norfolk or what do we do? Because this was, 
who we were now. We were a missions-minded church going out and sending teams. We'd been even to international missions at this point, so we knew what to do. So um, we had a lot of members here who felt like that we needed to do something in the community. That, you know, this was our community. This church sat here, and they need to be recognized that this was, you know, a place for them to come. So we did a, a, a I don't know what it was like, a, a, a missions emphasis, and we did all kinds of stuff in the community that week. And we went out, and we, we did building, and we did road cleanup, and we set up for people to stop and have breakfast on their way to work in the mornings, and I don't know, we did, um, we did BBSs in parks and all that kind of stuff. So I think the community is, and I know that we've also gone as far now as, like Brad said, going with other churches and trying to do events and letting people know we're here, but we have to go out into the community. You know, people are not just gonna step in the doors anymore. They don't, they don't wanna do church like we know church. And so we've got to figure out how to do that. And I know Pastor's going to talk about that as we move forward and stuff. But it's got to be different. Yeah. It's got to be. I think we all know that as time moves forward, things change. And so culture changes, the way people think change. So what, what you see, if you look back over at our history of 175 years, Red Lane has had to adapt to the culture that it found itself in at the time. And so, you know, Rick, you're talking about earlier how it was much more agriculture just back four decades ago. Yeah. Now we still have agriculture here, but there's, it, we have so, much, so many other things. A lot of that old farm ground is now subdivisions. That's right. And uh, more likely that's gonna continue. And so, you know, as we look forward and tomorrow we're gonna put a big emphasis on looking to the future, uh, we have to adapt to the, to, the, to the hand that we are being dealt. And uh, it's gonna be really neat to see what's gonna happen uh, in the next 50 to 75 years in, here in Powhatan and what our church will do to continue to reach people one thing i've seen that also that during the last couple of years with all this COVID stuff a lot of people are watching church from online that they're, they're not coming back to church mm -hmm. like they, for, you know for whatever the reason yeah they don't feel safe or it's just easier for them to stay at home and watch it online but that's not the same thing at all for me no, it's, it's, you, you, gotta, you gotta be here in church that's definitely um changed everything and so you know for us as a church our elders we we talk about this quite often uh, how online church is good it's a good tool to use but uh, it can't be in lieu of or in place of being with the body of christ and so i like how you put that into perspective there james uh, kind of shifting the conversation just a little bit when you think of red lane what are just uh, maybe two or three descriptive words that come to my, come to your mind i think friendly would definitely be one as soon as we walked in, we felt, you know, everyone's kind, felt like home. Um, I really can't think of three. I mean, friendly, friendly and just, I mean, I know when we were here, I guess truth would be another one. I felt like when we came here, like every time we, we heard your passage or, you know, your messages on Sunday, it was 100% the truth. It's, it's always what the word has to say. So, um, so that, that, that definitely comes to mind as well. I mean, and also I think just home. I mean, like, like when I think of coming here, like this is, this is my family. This is where I belong. Like these mm -hmm. are the people that, you know, I like being with. Are the people like I, I want my kids to be, you know, my kids to be around right now and um, have them grow up. I mean, this is this is family, 100% family. So uh, for me, it, it's it's just family. It's um, kindness. It's friendliness. Um, uh, you know, everything that kind of revolves around that. 
that for me. So it's, you know, there's not one person here that I don't think one, you know, go out of their way to help you out if there was ever a need. Um, I mean, and, and then also just, you know, I think, you know, think about our, you know, go back to the question, your fondest memory, like some of my fondest memories here are really watching, you know, the kids learn about Christ. Um, like I still remember my first time volunteering for sports camp, you know, I was out there helping with basketball, but to see the amount of kids just fill this uh, room here and just, you know, show that love of Christ and share that passion. It's not just kids from Ridley, but it's kids from all over the community. So yeah. um, that's why I think, you know, this is home. Yeah, this is this is where where we need to be and um, come together as one and, and worship God as one. So for me, it's definitely you know home and it's you know every, like I said, everything that comes with that. That's good. Absolutely. I like it. Sarah, how about you? I'm hundred uh, percent family. Like that's this has always been family to me. Um, and I mean, you know, you love your family sometimes, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's growing pains. There is. Um, but at the end of the day, you love your family, and family is what keeps you here. And, and you know, God uses family to send you out or to, you know, keep you on your toes. Or, mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. It's just family, and it, it is home, and it always has been. That's good. Anyone else want to jump in on that? How would you describe? I know you're looking at me. Um, I would say it's it's a church with uh, with vision and and purpose and uh, I think as we look in my 11 years and the the different uh, pastorates and uh, leadership um, there's a difference between purpose and preference if our purpose is to study God's word and to do God's word and we're standing firm on the foundation of Jesus Christ then my preference is not important. But God's purpose is important. And I think we are purpose-driven as opposed to preference-driven. I mean, people will leave church because they, of their preference, but they didn't leave because we weren't standing on the word. Yeah, anytime uh, the preference thing, I'm going to play on that for just a minute. Um, Anytime you change things in a church, you always ruffle feathers. You all ever experienced that? Yeah. Yeah. Of course you have. <laughs> so, so I remember uh, Nancy was on the search team that brought me here, and um, Jan, Steve's wife, was on that team. No one else was on this, right? You weren't on it? No. <laughs> so, you just still been in Arkansas. <laughs> I appreciate that. Man. We love you, Pastor. So love is not one of those descriptive words, is that right? <laughs> I just remember sitting down with the, the search team because back then the church had two different services, not from a space issue, but it was a preference. It was a contemporary and it was like a um, traditional service from a music standpoint. And I just told the search team, I was like, my philosophy of ministry doesn't coincide with that. I, I see that as a preference-driven thing. It's sort of an a la carte, I want it my way type of approach. And so uh, I basically said... When one of the first things that I will try to lead to change when I come here is we will go from two services to one, and that will be a blend. It will be multi-generational and, and all of that. And when the time comes where we need the space, then we'll go to multiple services. And so I, I remember back six years ago, um, this would have been like week two of my pastorate here, and uh, it was already getting a little dicey with some folks because the, the worship service had changed, and it actually had changed three weeks before I came. Uh, to try to get that ball moving and so preferences is hard all of us have 
our preferences and, and change comes um, hard for all of us. I, I'm, I'm a very habitual person, just like everyone else. And so I like how you pointed out that purpose is really what matters there. We think, so descriptive words about who we are, how we think about ourselves. What about the community? Um, Nancy, I'm going to direct this to you first. What, what's the reputation of Red Lane in our community? Well, I think it's a good reputation. Um, I think we are well known to be a friendly church. Uh, I had a funny incident. Um, well, it wasn't funny, but it is now when I look back on it. But I uh, was in a restaurant having lunch with a group of people, and they were talking about different churches and things. And uh, somebody asked me uh, what church I went to, and I said, I go to Red Lane. And they said, well, how do you like it? And I said, well, I've been there for 70 years. I guess I like it pretty good. But they said, well, somebody, some lady, told us that she came to Red Lane and she sat in the, came in and sat down and not the first person ever spoke to her. And I said, well, she didn't come to Red Lane because <laughs> there's no way that anybody can come in, the, in that door and not be spoken to. And as time went on and I questioned her, come find out it wasn't Red Lane at all. It was a, another church. <laughs> We're not going to call that church, right? We're not going <laughs> to. So we, uh, I hear good things about our church, and especially during the pandemic. We opened, I think, in May. Yeah, first day and, we could. And no church was open for months. And, and when I would, they would say, I would say something about the service Sunday and how good the music was and all how we were enjoying it. And they said, you mean your church is open? And I said, well, we've been open since May. And I said, aren't you open? <laughs> no, several, they did not open their church at all. And uh, most, I think our church is a friendly, caring, church and a worshipful church. I think people enjoy the worship part of our church, not just the, the small groups. James, can I add something yeah, to that? Absolutely. So Sunday, last Sunday we had a new couple visiting and um, Stephanie told me, she said, there's a couple sitting back there because we kind of tag team when I'm here, you know, like I'll get them, you get them. So we were tag teaming and, and um, she had already given him a bag and stuff, and so I just went over. The service was getting ready to start, so I didn't have much time, so I spoke real quick and just welcomed them there, and they're just like, kind of like, who is this lady? Get her back, you know? <laughs> Terrifying eyes all over their face, and I thought, okay, you got to back off some here, you know? But actually, when we stepped out after the service, I was at the front door. We stepped out, and they came on out through the front door. I asked them about staying. We had a great conversation out there, so... I do hope, like Nancy said, I, I can't think of any other word, and like James, but friendly, uh, family. I mean, if you come in here, you're going to be loved on by everybody, not just the hospitality team. Yeah, that's good. So I think what we've heard from our panel tonight is they were invited. Someone in their family was invited to our church, and that's how they got connected. I think it's probably most of our stories. Um, they've been in service in our church. They've volunteered in some capacity, and it's been a blessing, and they're... They've, they've been mentored in that, and, and they've grown. We've talked about missions and how that's been such a catalyst for our church to kind of not just do things that we've never done before, but really be a, a, a church that's reaching our community. It's amazing how 
when you begin to focus on others, even going to nations, it, it enables you to focus on the neighbor next door to you. I think we can see that. You know, our church grew during Pastor Slayton's tenure as pastor and the emphasis he brought on, on missions. And so we want to obviously keep that going. We want to be a mission church. Uh, I think biblically, you're not a church that, you're not a New Testament church if you're not focused on lost people and making disciples here and there and, and taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so we want to always be a New Testament, Acts 1-8 type of church. Uh, we're about to enter a, a phase in our church history of renovating space. Uh, you've been around a while. Mm -hmm. you've, you've said that. So I'm not saying you're old, but you've <laughs> testified to that. Um, you were here when they built this building originally, right? right? So the little white building that is in some of the pictures downstairs was right outside where the playground is now? Right, right where the playground is, right. Okay, and it's so, hard to imagine that that building could sit between this church and the, uh, and the cemetery. And the cemetery right? So it's pretty small. In other words, they had to tear that building down before they put the uh, side entrances on this building So because it was so close. They wow. couldn't, they couldn't uh, do the, side, the front and back side entrances until they tore the building down. I did not know that. Yeah. So you've been through that, and then in the 84 when this building um, burned. And I see we had pictures of that on the on screen. The slide, right. Yes, so that was an electrical fire, and then rebuilt, moved back in in 85, and we haven't had an update, major update since then, is that correct? In this mm -hmm. room? Not really, no. Yeah, just been a few minor cosmetic stuff. So we're about to begin a, a pretty major phase in the life of our church. <laughs> Question, um, Rick, I'm going to post it to you first. Um, what ways do you see this newly renovated worship space, which is going to allow us to dedicate children's space downstairs, um, senior adult space behind us that's going to be accessible where you don't have to go in and up, but up and down a stair. How do you think that's going to help and um, foster greater ministry in the life of our church? Well, I think that's going to be a big help because we got some of our older people up on the third floor. And it gets hard coming up and down them stairs for some you, of you talking about yourself? No, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> some, some of you. I think by doing that and by opening this area up right here, we can do a whole lot of more stuff yeah. that we couldn't do earlier. Um, Good. So, and I think the children's area that we have downstairs, I guess that's going to continue to be downstairs, correct? Yeah. We're going to move every adult class that's, up, that's downstairs currently is going to be up okay. on the main level or up on the third level which will allow us to have all of the fellowship hall and all of that back hall dedicated for children's space. Okay. I think by updating the um, facility that people outside the church are going to realize that we're trying to do stuff to increase the um, appeal of coming to this church mm -hmm. so they can learn more, more about Christ and God and everything. So I, I, think, it's, I think it's going to be a big help. Okay. Anyone else want to add to that? I'd just like to say, even right now, look at the children's ministry that we have. What, when, what, 30 to 35 children leave the sanctuary to go down for children's church and all every Sunday? I mean, and, and I think that with the enhancing the uh, downstairs for them, it's going to be great. And that's where your future church is. It's downstairs yeah. with those kids. It's, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be great. Great. It really oh. is. I was just going to get back to the to the preference word because, you know, the, the thing of it is that the church is not the building, it's the people right. to begin with. So, um, you know, this might not be your preference either, but we're coming here, right? I didn't even know that this side panel is like a pink color uh, compared <laughs> to the white color. I mean, who wants to come to a pink church, right? But um, so, 
it's not about preference. It's, it's about, here again, purpose and the church are the people. I'm excited about the building because I think this is the place that we worship. This is where we grow. This is where we are sent out from. And uh, I think it's just good, uh, just help that atmosphere to do that. Yeah. Well, and I think too that we all know that like safety is a really big issue with parents nowadays. And so knowing that we can, and we did, I know when Susan and David were here, one of the big things that Susan always talked about was keeping her children safe and making sure they were in a safe place. And it was important to the parents to know that this is where their kids were. And we did a really good job back then of, um, I don't know how we did it, but we did it, of keeping the children kind of confined to an area. And, and I think getting back to that, being able to have that safe zone for the parents and knowing they can bring their kids and they're good, you know, so. And then again, like James, I think somebody alluded to, having this as a multi-purpose space where we can utilize it. I mean, we've had to have nights where we couldn't do VBS or something or threw them in an area like this because we couldn't um, do anything because of the rain. So mm -hmm. multi-use multi buildings are awesome. I think that, that we have to keep up with the 20th century. It's almost, if you don't, it's like trying to, to ride a horse and buggy to work. Wonder how that would work today if, if everybody working had to ride in a horse and buggy because they wanted to keep things like they were. And I, I have feelings for the old church, you know, but I like what we're doing and I think that that the younger people that have come in their church with all these nice families, they came from places that were updated and had, had this wonderful worship time. And if we don't do it, we'd be left behind, you know? Your church will just die from it because you, you won't have the children to take our place. Somebody else is gonna take our place some of us sooner than others. <laughs> but I would like to say, too, that um, I'm so proud of our children's department and the teachers that are teaching. The children who are downstairs know who Jesus is, and they know the stories of Jesus and who God is. And some of the little children that even go to school don't even know who Jesus is. So the children from Red Lane know who Jesus is, and I think that is important for the next generation, that this church will still be here 275 years from now. And I also think not only, only opening up this space here for a multi-purpose room, but also just the, you know, the equipment that we're bringing in for sound. I know Ricky and I speak about it all the time when we're here pretty much every Monday you know, with band. We're just so much more excited when this happens, like, you know, you'll be able to actually hear all the instru instruments on stage. You'll be actually able to hear, you know, each individual voice uh, singing. So, and also the lighting that's gonna be up here as well. We're not gonna have just like the one light shining down on us. That's gonna be, you know, blinding. But, you know, the lighting's gonna be so much better. So I think it's gonna open everything up. Everything's gonna sound so much better and also look so much more modern, like Nancy said. I mean. We need to keep up with those times, and you know that's what people want to see as well. And I think that's going to open the doors up. And, and I personally feel like you know within the next few years you, you're going to see tons of new memberships here at Red Lane, and I think it's just going to be an explosion. Uh, like we hit on here, people are inviting everyone else, and when they start seeing a new building or seeing construction, you know, a renovation going on, they're going to ask questions. And then if they see somebody, you know, at Sheets or Food Line, Walmart, and you know talk about church or whatever the case may be 
you know, they're going to ask about it, and they're, they're going to want to come. You're going to invite them, and then yeah. you're going to see all that growth. So I think, I think yeah, the sound and the lighting and pretty much everything is going to open it up. People will see it online. It's going to look so much nicer. Well, you know, and, and do we have to have all that stuff to have good preaching and to know that the word's being preached? No, we don't, because we've been to foreign countries, and we sit on the dirt floor, and we, 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 we learn Jesus, you know, and, and we've heard some great sermons sitting on a dirt floor in Peru and Venezuela, different places. But like James said, it's what people come in. I mean, you go to a new place, a new restaurant, a new building, a new salon or whatever, and you go, wow, this looks great, you know, and it, it is appealing. And so you do have, as James said, what do, we, what do we see different in the community now? We need those changes because of what we have in the community yeah. now. I think what we're talking about here is it's a tool. We use tools. And so the facility is nothing more than a tool. The church is the people. I think someone up here said that logo. Maybe Steve said that. Church is the people, and this people has been um, together for 175 years. And this church has used different techniques to uh, reach people with the gospel and make disciples, and we're going to continue to do that. And as we move forward, our tools are going to change, but the gospel never will. So anything else y'all want to add to anything? I was going to say that, you know, I grew up in this sanctuary, or this church, the way it looks right now for the most part. And it holds a lot of fond memories for me, but that's what they are. They're memories. And in order for the next generation to make memories, we have to update. And that's exciting mm -hmm. that they're going to have these wonderful memories that they will carry with them for the rest of their life in this building. Yeah. Maybe not the way it looks now, but yeah. that we get to help them make those memories and we get to share the love of Jesus with them. As we finish up, you want to say something? I want to say something. Um, you've got to update. You, know, you, you can't stay the same. You've got to change and increase the um, values of the church and the appearance of it and everything. Um, Tommy can back me up on this, I think. But back in the day, there was an outhouse back behind the church. And what if we you know, still had that same outhouse? You, know, you got to change in the creed. Yeah. It would be crowded. <laughs> I want to add one other thought that I thought about before I come up here. Back in the day when I was around, I'm thinking 12 years old or something, Tommy had a program called the Royal Ambassadors. Mm -hmm. And RAs, they call them RAs. And that was such a good program that we learned everything about the Bible and everything at that time. Yeah. And we had the little patches that had RAs on. I, I still got that at the house somewhere. <laughs> so, that, that, that was some good exciting days yeah. back in that time. Well, let, me, let me expand on what Rick. I can remember one year on Nari, we had an overnight camping trip down on the farm, down on the creek, and uh, we had hiked for about three or four miles that afternoon. And so we uh, wound up down on the creek. We had a uh, chimney down there to cook stuff on, and, and there the boys pitched their tents and everything. And, and uh, the next morning, I can remember. Uh, I think it was David Harris, he was with us at that time, knocked on mom and dad's door and said, do y'all have any more bacon and eggs left? And they said, why? I said, well, we've already gone through three pounds of bacon and four dozen eggs, and those boys are hungry. Can you sure give us any more bacon and eggs? And that was I was that. Yeah. And so I said, well, my golly, Dave. Well, you know, when you eat outside, you can eat more anyway. 
that, that's true. That's the reason we're feeding you downstairs today, so we didn't want to, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I can remember that. That was, uh, that was a good memory that, of that. Uh, to see it was about, what, 10 or 12 boys at yeah, least, yeah. To see those boys down there doing that. So it was great. It was fun. And going back to the uh, old days, as Rick uh, says, uh, when the population of the county was uh, five or 6,000, and 1,300 of those were the guys they counted in State Farm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the truth. Yeah. They, they were included yeah. in our population count. So uh, that's how much the county has grown. Wow. That is, the, uh, we have a prison ministry back there. We piped it in with a TV or something. TV? What was TV? <laughs> All right. Well, this has been good. I hope this has been uh, um, good to bring back good memories and, and uh, exciting to hear how the church has grown, the county's uh, changed, and really we've also kind of ended on a crescendo of, of looking forward, um, looking to the future. And it's, it's good to look back, but it's really good to be able to look forward with hope and with um, confidence that things are going to continue to progress and, and uh, do much for the glory of God. So I thank you all for being here this evening, and I'm going to just dismiss you all. And Ricky, I think we're going to sing one.